0: hey there literary fans and welcome to episode 91 of jeff reads His book i am your host jeff and today we're reading chapter 45 of homecoming a book i wrote in a month In 2017, I guess. I have to look at a folder every time I do this. Anyway, I don't know why I'm adding that right now, uh, but if you want to get in touch with me, head over to JeffReadsIsBook.com. Right there, there's three ways they are listed. You can contact me, you can write into the show, tell me that I'm a dumbass, that my book sucks, or that you love it and it changed your life, and now you've decided to throw away all your worldly possessions and live like a hermit in a hut out in the woods by yourself. That's fine, too. Yeah, so write in before you leave jeffreadsbook.com. That's right. And while you're at that website, go ahead and buy one of the prequels of this book because I'm too lazy to edit and publish this one. Yeah, you can get Bringing Balance or Offworlder. Both terrible books as well. (laughs) Offworlder, decidedly worse. Just, you know, what are you going to do? So, do we have any feedback this week? Uh, Well, Probably not, because I still haven't released last week's episode, and it's Sunday, and I haven't done it. What do you want from me, people? Uh, So I still have to do that, but um, I gotta get to that. I did get some uh, in-person feedback from uh, the lovely Laura. She said that, uh, well, I don't know what chapter she's on or whatever, but I dropped the F-bomb way too much. (laughs) So sorry to her. And two, if my freaking uh, brother-in-law is still letting them listen, oh my god, sorry to my uh, niece and nephew. Jesus, don't let them listen to this, it's terrible. <laughs> not only do I swear and curse constantly, uh, it's not a good story, so there's that too. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, what do we do? Oh, I did want to talk about, so we are closing out National Novel Writing Month, so I'm, I'm doing this on Sunday. Uh, I have to get my book submitted by Monday, And it looks like I'm like 8,000 words short right now. So the next two days are going to suck ass. Yeah, but I got to blast out like 8,000 words. I think I can probably do okay, but I'm having trouble like seeing how this book is actually going to end. It's a little bit of a mess, but uh, I got to do it, right? I mean, you know what the worst part of this is? Like I'm at 42,000 words. It's not like I can just not finish. You know what I mean? It's that would be so freaking that suck. I can see quitting after like 20 or 25,000 words, but I'm almost at the end and I'm not going to do it? Come on. That's nonsense. So I'm going to rush through this podcast so I can write more of that terrible book, and I really don't have an idea of how to wrap up the plot. So if you have one, write into the show at jeffreadsbook.com. Very exciting. Speaking of wrapping up books, today we're reading chapter 45 of Homecoming, so there are 46 chapters and an epilogue, so we've got two more episodes in the pod here before this book is done, and we can just throw it in the garbage, huh? Um, it's pretty boring on this chapter, so like all the exciting stuff pretty much happened. So we're really in the waning part of the denouement right, uh, of the story. Uh, so we're just trying to wrap up the book at this point, get rid of some loose ends, which I don't think there really are any. Except that one they mentioned last week. (laughs) The little teaser for a sequel. I I got news for you. If there is a sequel, it's not going to have anything to do with that teaser. That's for sure. (laughs) It was bad. But uh, we're going to see all our favorite characters in this episode, and uh, we'll see how it goes, right? So uh, why wait when we can just go ahead and dive in to Chapter 45. So today, I'm mixing it up. I feel like last night, uh, Laura's been home for Thanksgiving. We've had some time off, you know what I mean? So it's like a four-day weekend, and uh, been home. Of course she's been home. Who's anywhere? If you went somewhere for Thanksgiving, you can go to hell, you little bastard. Uh, Don't give me that bubble nonsense. (laughs) Anyway, um, so yeah, we had a Thanksgiving at home, and, um, you know, we've been just hanging around the house. I feel like, though, last night... Uh, we opened some bottles of wine. We've been doing this every night, I think, for this Thanksgiving break. And uh, we've been polishing them off pretty quick. Because we had like an almost full wine rack in the kitchen. And they're uh, that thing's getting pretty empty. And then uh, last night, of course, I had to... Or yesterday. So yesterday I had a virtual happy birthday... A happy 40th birthday, birthday party for uh one-time guest host of this podcast, Justin. So he had his 40th birthday. Very exciting. And uh, did I give away too much personally identifiable information? Uh, Probably shit. Well, you don't know his last name, so who gives a shit? (laughs) But he was on the podcast, right? And uh, so we did a virtual birthday party for him yesterday. You don't know that it was his actual birthday, so go to hell. It was a surprise birthday. And uh, so I drank some whiskey during that and then came up and drank like three quarters of a bottle of wine. And then topped that off with a little more whiskey. I was drinking that... Evan Williams, 1783 on the Rocks. Ooh, yummy. I got that this week. Very good, very good. But goddamn, I I could tell I was a little drunk going to bed, had the headache in the morning when I got up to go to the bathroom, did some, uh, you know, popped some uh, Motrin, and uh, I'm feeling okay now, but I thought having whiskey today this early on a Sunday, not gonna work, so... Uh, I'm actually instead drinking a glass of a Vermilion Valley Vineyard's Cabernet Franc. So, we actually like this vineyard a lot. It's uh, just over here in Ohio in Vermilion, maybe. It might not actually be in Vermilion. But uh, they grow like, uh, you know, the uh, noble grapes, you know, the real wine grapes, amongst other grapes. But uh, this Cabernet Franc, they have fantastic a lot of the time. But not this bottle. (laughs) We opened this one. You could smell that it was a little dank. You know, I I can't describe that other than it just smells like old wood. I don't know what you'd say here, but it's not great. So I promised Laura I would finish it off. I mean, wine's wine. It's not the best, but... hmm. And it was a bummer because I was coming off uh, some delicious Canadian wine. I had some of that 13th Street Gamay that I've actually had on the podcast before. Ah, I don't remember when I last had that on the podcast. It might have been Laura went on vacation with a girlfriend, and I was home alone for like three days. And I seem to remember myself just buying a bottle and downing it in an evening. So, yeah, it was good stuff. Okay, so we're drinking a little wine today. It's not the best wine. I feel like it's not going to bother my stomach quite as much as doing whiskey right now. So, yeah, it's fine. Okay, I am wasting time because this is a long ass motherfucking chapter. Yeah, I think that's what Laura was talking about in the feedback. Me saying, long-ass motherfucking chapter. Which I said again. Oh, great. Look how we start this chapter. Benbo ugh, took their carriage directly to Amarath Manor, since he knew his father would be there. Benbo took he- their carriage. Who's the he? Benbo's father is not a character. So... Benbow took, I think we're saying Leonid's carriage to Amarath Manor since he knew, since Leonid knew his father would be there. Does that make sense? I think that makes sense. Oh, God, if there's some Benbow Sr. in this book, I'm going to be fucking pissed. As the, I just dropped another F-bomb. Wow. So I'm at like four, I think, for the episode. Yeah, right into the show if you've been counting along. book.com. As the now filthy carriage rattled up the drive... Margot could see the tree Henry had so impetuously fell—wow, that sounds like I know how to write—still laying across the street and on the crushed fence around the manor. The carriage rolled to a stop, and Margot opened the carriage door, to be helped out by Leonid's father. He looked well enough, and he welcomed her as the others disembarked. Servants rushed to help Astrid, and Lord Heinrich— Ordered them to carry her inside. Oh, that's Leonid's father, Lord Heinrich. Okay. Um. Does see this? The problem here is it's not their fucking castle. They're somewhere else. All right. Ordered them to carry her inside and provide her the best available room. The house is quite crowded, I'm afraid. There may be three rooms left, Heinrich explained. Margot and I will be fine elsewhere Henry said quickly We stayed at a delightful inn last time we were here And we're happy to do so again Margot felt a tingle About spending the evening truly alone with Henry A tingle? Really? What the fuck does that mean? Very well, Lord Heinrich agreed There should be plenty of space for yourselves He said to Leonid and Ted Is the Lady Cecilia here as well? Ted asked she is ill from her time capture. Do you think, so she's a lady. Do you think that ill is like, you know, the fake ill? Like, oh, woe is me? Yeah, I, I bet it is. Um, boop, 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 boop. She will be fine in time, though. Nothing serious. Please, though, everyone come in and eat a hot meal. I think we all need it. Inside, they were all led directly to the dining room, which seemed to be serving as a permanent buffet due to the number of guests. Ooh, buffet dinner? Wow, cheapskates, huh? All right. Just kidding, I had a buffet at my wedding. That's the only way to go. Sit-down dinners, they always pretty much suck. So just FYI, if you're getting married, do the buffet. <laughs> Yeah, and if you're going to do the buffet, make it something good. You know what? I don't want that, like, chicken in a white sauce garbage that's all chewy or, uh you know, we had it at ours, like, the roast beef. I don't like roast beef. You know what? Even when they're carving it in front of you, I'm just like, I don't need this. Come on. I mean, what do I want? Like, if they had filet mignon in, like, a fucking little heating pan where I could just take one, that'd be killer. Yeah. And is that more expensive than paying the guy to stand there and cut your meat? I don't know. I wonder what's more expensive. Right into the show, com. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, But, you know, if I have to sit at a table and there's no buffet, that just stinks. Because at least if there's just roast beef, I can just load up on freaking potatoes. And, um, you know, if you had mac and cheese at your wedding, that's fucking awesome. You should do that. Yeah. Ooh, another F-bomb. Okay. Uh, We were talking about the buffet, right? Bloop, 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 bloop. Uh, I'm going to take a plate to... A- oh, okay, inside they were all led to... Margot's first instinct was to eat everything in sight, but she remembered the immobilized woman who looked so gaunt. I'm going to take a plate to Astrid right now, she told Henry. He nodded back with a bread roll filling his mouth. Margot chose carefully, making sure everything was piping hot and selecting a glass of wine. She asked a servant to show her to Astrid's room and she could see his hesitation to allow her to carry the overflowing plate and wine glass out of the dining area. When she asked if she should see the Lady Cecilia, he immediately led her directly to Astrid's room. A maid was busy propping Astrid's leg up on a pillow while she slouched into a pile of other pillows against the headboard. Astrid, can I come in? Margot asked softly. Astrid, can I come in? Was that soft? "'Yes, come in!' she exclaimed. "'You look comfortable,' Margot pointed out. "'If it were not for this leg, I'd think I was dreaming. "'These pillows are so soft!' "'She closed her eyes and rolled her head back into the white linen-covered cushions. "'I brought you some dinner,' Margot said, offering the plate. "'Oh, this looks amazing!' Astrid exclaimed. "'She grabbed the plate away and held it against her chest, breathing in the steam rising from it. Margot handed her utensils, and she started in on the food. Margot pulled a chair closer and sat down near the bed. Henry and I are staying the night at an inn. Are you okay here? Margot asked. Swallowing a mouthful, she responded, I think I'm better than okay. Apparently there's already a healer here, so she's coming by shortly to see my leg. To see to my leg. That's great, Margot said with mock... I don't know what I want to say there. That was a little too excited, right? (laughs) Mm. Okay. Astrid stopped eating momentarily and stared at Margot. Wait, you're coming back, right? Margot laughed. Yes, of course. Leonid is staying here, and he's our ride home. Pausing, Margot wondered about this woman who had lost months of her real life. Of her life, not real life. Jesus Christ. Where are you planning to go? I I don't know, she said nervously. I don't really have anywhere to go. Did you want to stay around here, Margot asked. She could tell that Astrid was struggling with something inside. You do realize you're a bit of a hero. You can go anywhere you like, but if you want to stay in the north... I don't want to stay in the north, Astrid interrupted. Then it's settled. You'll come south with us, Margot said, slapping her leg. I'll introduce you to the king, and we'll find you work down there somewhere. Always a need for elemental mages around where we live. Astrid's face was bright red, blushing. You don't mind taking me along? Of course not, Margo said. Besides, you'll just be imposing on Leonid and Ted, not us. None of this is ours. Henry and I live a decidedly simpler life than traveling to manors and castles. Usually, at least. You're not going to return to Twilight Crossing now, Astrid asked between bites? No, Margo said, sighing. <sighs> At least not anytime soon. I'm not ready for that. Ooh, drinking break! Mm. That is some mediocre wine right there. Mm. I can't put my finger on it. It's like... Like... old. Tastes a little like, maybe, I mean, the cork on this, I remember being, no, the cork was fine, actually. I don't know, it just tastes like shit. Henry decided he wasn't waiting for Margot to return before eating almost as soon as she left for Astrid's room. The steak, and he was shocked there was steak. Oh, see, there was steak. So maybe they did have, like, the filet mignon thing. I hope they didn't have the roast beef carvings, or what, the fresh prime rib where they cut it off to? That fucking stinks, too. Don't do that. Nobody wants your stupid prime rib at the wedding. Come on. Let's get, um, I do like when there's a fish option. Honestly, I mostly just want to get the vegetarian option because a lot of the time it's freaking pasta and some sort of sauce. Always infinitely better than whatever shitty chicken you guys ordered for your wedding. Okay. Um, boop. Uh, the steak, and he was shocked there was steak, was far too enticing, as were the roasted potatoes, the various colored beans, (laughs) and the desserts. He felt overwhelmed, and the physical constraints of a single plate were not going to slow him down. Ted came into the the dining room shortly thereafter. Henry had assumed he was getting settled in his room. Preparing a far more polite plate, he joined Henry at the dining room table where's the lady margo ted asked she was bringing a dinner plate to astrid henry replied between forkfuls of food she's not dangerous is she ted asked tentatively i just it actually is spelled right it's not tentatively i just wanted to stutter no not with a broken leg i meant she was part of the dark alliance ted explained Henry tried to think of the right answer, pausing and taking the opportunity to ingest a mouthful of steak. What a way to describe somebody eating. <laughs> I think she was probably enticed by better job prospects, or maybe a brighter future. I'm not sure she was a true believer. Well, obviously she wasn't, since she destroyed their only advantage. Fake drinking break. Yeah, just a fake blank line here. Mm-mm-mm. Ted picked a- up Jeff's voice cracked, and Ted picked at his food silently for a long moment. Finally, he said, You're probably right. She seems like a sweet woman. Henry's eyebrows went up, and he stopped chewing while he studied Ted. Swallowing, he said, You should tell her that. God, is this like some side romance garbage? I mean, I thought this was going to happen, but whatever. Margot entered the room and quickly made a plate of food for herself. She sat down next to Ted and glared at Henry. How's our patient? Henry asked. Fine. Why did you take so much food? She asked angrily. I mean, that seems, it's a buffet. That's why. God damn. What a dummy. She would probably go to like the Chinese buffet and like, uh, you know, go all dainty getting like the, uh, what do I want to say? What's something dainty you get at the Chinese buffet? Oh, like going hard on, like, the uh, egg drop soup or something like that. Yeah, what are you doing? Come on. You're there. You know you're there for the sweet and sour chicken. So just get started on that, right? Or General So's, or I don't like the General sows. Bad cuts of meat in there. Like the more strip-like ones? Yeah, that's where I'm at. All right. Um, boop, 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 boop. That's how you do buffets, he said, shrugging, because Henry's not a dumbass like Margo. Maybe if you pay for them... Ever hear of seconds, she snapped. Henry had no response to her logic, so he merely shrugged and kept eating. Ted, what about those peace agreements that everyone was supposed to sign? Margot asked as Henry continued his assault on the mountain of food before him. Ah, they have all agreed to sign them and return them as soon as possible, he explained. They were prepared to make massive concessions, so this agreement seems like a gift, or so they all told me. So everything should turn out okay, Henry asked, as if this was the end of a book. It would seem that way, but things might take a bit longer, Ted replied. And we can finally go home. Oh, about that, Margot said quickly. Astrid will be coming south with us. Henry looked at Ted with a smirk. And that ends chapter 45. So if you can picture me doing National Novel Writing Month, Clearly, the second to last, David, I decided to write a chapter about our characters going to a buffet. <laughs> that tells you about, like, my planning prowess for these stories. Am I right? <laughs> Just, oh, how can we end this? Oh, they could have a buffet dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking terrible. Oh, I was going to ask. So I made a little note of this. This isn't a discussion question, but so Margaret goes into Astrid's room. They're propping up her broke ass leg up on some pillows, right? Is it still, like, tied up? With, um, like, spoons? Remember Margot did this with uh, freaking... uh, What? Kitchen utensils. Big wooden spoons and shit like that. Is that still, like, on there? Or did they get something better at some point? I don't know. It seems kind of silly. And I don't know how she ate in bed, but... I kind of picture her, like, because she's starving and hasn't had good food before. But I hope Margot didn't bring her a steak. Unless Margot cut it up for her. Yeah. That could have happened, I suppose. I might have just glossed over that detail where Margo cut it into little bite-sized pieces. (laughs) Very silly. Well, nothing happened in that stupid-ass chapter. I guess that's... I don't see how that wrapped up any loose ends other than like, Hey, Margo's going home. The only thing it points out is Margo's not going back to Twilight Crossing, where she's from, right? Mm. Still drinking this wine. Not great. Okay. So, I do have some discussion questions, and I have to write a fucking book. So, I got... Oh, another F-bomb. I'm up to, like, six or seven or something. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I have some discussion questions. Let's get to them. I got to write a book. I got to do stuff today, right? Okay. Okay. Question one. So, they're eating a buffet. What is your favorite buffet food, huh? Now, think about this. There's a lot of... You got to really study this. So, I mean... Don't think just safe. And let's go off the beaten path. He can get to, you know, there's other kinds of buffets. I'm going to say, like, while I don't mind, like, cheesy pasta on a buffet, if I'm going for, like, an entree, that can be good. Let's face it. I really enjoy, like, the finger foods at a buffet. I think that's the way to go. Like, uh, you know, I was thinking, like, stuffed mushrooms are good, but I I also like when they have chicken wings in buffet format, because... I like the little two bone uh, chicken wing parts. Like uh, I guess they call them the flat. I hear on the Doughboys podcast, another podcast. We're close friends since we both make podcasts. Um, very similar podcasts, similar listenership too. I think. Um, but the, uh, the the little flat chicken wing parts, I love those. And so like if you go to like a restaurant, you can get a lot of little drumsticks, which annoy me. I don't want those. I want the little two bone parts. When I'm at a buffet, oh yeah, I just go right after those. Yeah, i take all those. And like when you're at somebody's house and they make like 30 chicken wings for you, you know, you feel like an asshole just taking the flat parts. Because somebody else, I would assume, wants them. Uh, But when you're at a buffet, when there's like 100 people, you know what? Go hog wild on those flat parts. Who gives a crap? (laughs) Yeah, but I'm not going to say that's my favorite. I think my favorite has got to be, get ready, The meatball, yes. And I'm talking the appetizer meatball, so sometimes it's on, like, a little uh, toothpick, or it's just in a big pile of, like, barbecue sauce or teriyaki sauce or even, like, Swedish meatballs, like a gravy. You pile that up, and they're little freaking balls of delicious meat covered in some sauce that almost certainly is amazing, yeah. I'd say meatballs are my favorite buffet food. Mmm. You know what we did have at our wedding was, uh, for our meals, uh, what, we had uh, the roast beef, and then we had sausages and sauerkraut. <laughs> Kielbasa and sauerkraut. That was a good buffet food, sausages and sauerkraut. <laughs> Bummer, though, that I didn't go get my plate like the staff brought me a plate, which I was a little, like, bothered by, because I really wanted to go hog wild on that freaking sausage and sauerkraut, which I'm sure my the lovely bride sitting next to me would have enjoyed sitting next to her, her new her brand new husband just reeking of sauerkraut. <laughs> oh, that was good. Mm-hmm. Yes, so that's your first question. Okay. Right into the show, book.com blah, blah, blah. All right. Second question. Okay. All right. So we saw, like, this is like the second chapter where there's some implied interest in Astrid as a lady, even though she looks all you know, malnourished, which doesn't seem like a a particularly attractive trait. I'm saying malnourished, not like... I'm just gonna stop now before I piss someone off, but she's, you know, she's been living underground, probably only eating potatoes or something like that, and now she's getting meat, and she'll get better, but, you know, she's probably a little bit... um, I called her gaunt, a lot of dark rings under her eyes, probably a little bit of a yellow skin, because she's got what, what... What gives you that other than... Eating too many carrots? I don't know. You know, she's not getting the... She's not getting all the vitamins. That's what I'm trying to say. Jesus. Yeah, don't judge me. But uh, I think it's a little... I think it's kind of stupid that there's some sort of interest in her. Because it seems like, oh, these... Well, maybe they like uh, the helpless lady, uh, you know, nonsense, right? They fall in love with the girl who needs them to... Needs saving. Although, she saved all their asses. So, that seems wrong. But, anyway... How pointless is the implied Astrid romance? Between her and Ted, I feel like there was some implied between her and Leonid. Uh, Ugh, now let me remind you, we're on the second to last chapter here. (laughs) There is an epilogue. Spoiler alert, I don't think Astrid's in it, but... Oh, she might be. Ugh, she might be. But, I don't know. How stupid is this? At the end of the book, they just, they literally just met. They were in a carriage together a little while. Are they just falling in love with her because she's got a broken leg and needs help? Oh, <laughs> who wrote this garbage? It's just, it just stinks. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Is that a loose end that we could leave open for a sequel? Oh. oh, God, this wine is not great. Okay, those are my two discussion questions. Not great ones this week, but I don't give a crap. So if you want to answer them right into the show, you head over to Book.com. Three ways to contact me. Hit me up on email, jeff at rainbow-100.com. The 100 is in numerals, not the word. Okay. Or you can hit me up on Mastodon in the Fediverse at jeff at toot, T-O-O-T, dot rainbow-100.com. And you can hit me up on Twitter at Fortran Jeff. And nobody's done that in a while, except Glenn. Glenn did that a little while ago. That was pretty bitching. And, uh, I mean, that about wraps it up. I gotta freaking write so many goddamn words today. One thing about this book is it started with, like, a, a prologue, uh, you know, that had things in it, right? But it's like, the whole book is leading up to that prologue, so I might be able to just copy and paste it back in. <laughs> is that cheating? Almost certainly, yes. But, I think it's valid. Yeah, so... Yeah, I gotta get upstairs I gotta write the book I'm wicked hungry for lunch Laura's not around right now well I mean she's around she's busy with housework while well, I'm recording this nonsense that uh, really doesn't benefit anybody <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna go upstairs I'm gonna fucking poke around oh I did it again I'm gonna go poke around the fridge and I gotta put something in my stomach because this wine is not great okay so uh, I guess that's it so until next time Keep on reading.